Well, I wanted to welcome you today to the Hills Church at Home. Whenever you're viewing or listening, I pray that the Lord speaks to your heart today. Hey, my title today is 1,000 Years. We're going to look in the book of Revelation of what is called the Millennial Reign of Christ or Him reigning with His saints on earth for 1,000 years. But uh, go ahead and download the notes. Uh, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. Download the notes. Uh, also, uh, there are the kids' activity sheets, but at the end of those sheets is a confession that we did with our kids all the way through school because at the end of this message, I want to pray for all of our kids, as some have already gone back to school, but it's the back-to-school season. Kids, youth, college age, we want to pray for them in this year. And as you look at some of these verses, I'm not going to put all of these verses on the screen because of some of their length. I'll read them uh, to us so we can read them. But download the notes. Again, message title today is 1,000 years. And we'll get into Revelation. Let's jump right into this. Revelation chapter 11, 1 through 16. Let's remember what we just talked about and picked up last week. Really, the battle of Armageddon. Let me read this. Now, John says, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dripped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on the white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule with a rod of iron. He himself treads the wisp, he treads the wine presses of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he and 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 he and excuse me, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In fact, we read this right before the Battle of Armageddon, where the um, really the Antichrist and all of the armies arrayed against what they think is Israel, but it's against Jesus and his saints are destroyed. Well, then I don't want to pick this up. In fact, this is where we come into what takes place after the battle of Armageddon. Jesus and his saints are on the earth, and this is what John sees. Again, I'm going to read this, uh, follow along in your Bible or whether you're following along on a Bible app or something. I want to read this. This is Revelation chapter 20, verses 115. It says this. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having a key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who was called the devil and, uh, and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. 
and cast him into the bottom of the pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a while. And I saw thrones and, and they that sat on them and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshiped the beast, nor his image, nor had received his mark on their foreheads or their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Let me read that again. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and he will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breath of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from those uh, and who sat on it from those who faced the earth and heaven and fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead small and great standing before God. And books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades were delivered up from the dead who were in them. And they were judged each one according to his works and death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Well, Lord, we thank you for these words. We thank you for warnings. We thank you for images of what to come. We thank you that Jesus gave this to John, that gave it to us, and we're blessed because we read it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I know it seems like a lot to cover, a lot to read. In fact, it's important to read those verses over and over again. And we read about this thousand-year reign of Christ. You know, in Revelation chapter 20, verse 6, it says, Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, 
but they shall be priests of God and Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So what's important to note is all of those in heaven that come with him. In fact, it seems to be to me in the scripture that every saint of God, everyone that's in heaven at the second coming comes with him. And so maybe the only thing left in, in heaven are the angels and God himself, but they go and what do they go and do? They'll be priests of God and of Christ and they shall reign with him a thousand years. You know, I love that scripture in Peter when, when it's mentioned a thousand years that we remember Peter says, but beloved, don't forget one thing that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. I always remember that verse when we say a thousand years, a thousand years into God is like a day, like just a day. You know, I looked up, uh, we're in the year 2021. If we were to go back into the year 1021, what a difference a thousand years made. Think of this, no computers, no cell phones, no internet, no Wi-Fi, right? No, no movies made. Thousand years ago, if you get the picture, everything really centered around Europe. It was a rough, brutal time. It's Vikings. It's all of those. And what in a thousand years, how many things changed? A thousand years, these believers, these saints will be called priests of God and of Christ and will reign and rule with him a thousand years. But Peter says a thousand years to God, it's like a day. It's like a day. Well, I want to think about something in this thousand year reign. You know, it's interesting when we read, and I, I do mention this so often, is when we go back into the book of Genesis and we read Genesis 1 through 3, and primarily when we read Genesis 1 and 2, we see how God ordered this earth, how he created everything, how he set things up, how he set up Adam and Eve to tend and take care of. They were taking care of everything that he had created, and he created it perfect. Think about this. They are alone on the earth, the only humans at the time. They are enjoying all of creation, and they're at complete peace. A peace that we understand because of a peace in Jesus, but a peace we'll not sense until we're with him. But then I thought this, they are naked. The Bible records that they're naked and they're not ashamed. Last week, you know, we have a new primary care doctor and our primary care doctor wanted my wife and I to go in and have our annual physical. And so when it was my morning to go in and have our annual physical, a new doctor uh, and the nurse comes in and they do all of your vitals before the doctor comes in. And she says those words before she goes out. She says, okay, here's a gown, but you need to completely take off all of your clothes have on a gown, sit in this chair. The doctor will be in shortly. You know, I don't know about you, but that is like humiliating to take everything off and be in a gown and to wait for your doctor to come in. I, I don't know anybody that just looks forward to that. It's humiliating. 
you know, the only the only one that looks forward to taking their clothes off, it's the little kid. In fact, I, I remember our kids, and they would want to take off their diapers, and they'd want to take off their clothes. Little kids want to get naked. Little kids, when you give them the bath and they get out and you dry them off, they want to run through the house, right? They just think it's hilarious to streak. But if grandpa showed up for dinner tonight and he showed up naked, you'd throw something around him and you'd have a conversation with him. But what's interesting is the moment Adam and Eve sinned in Genesis 3, do you know the Bible records that not only their eyes were opened, do you know the first thing they discovered? They discovered that they were not clothed. Think about that. As soon as they sinned, they covered themselves. Who else is going to see them? They're the only ones there. But as soon as they were exposed, they covered themselves with fig leaf. Sin changed the complete relationship they had with each other and then with God. The moment they sinned, they clothed themselves. Isn't it interesting? The best way for them to now feel comfortable around each other and around God was with a fig leaf. But they were accountable to God first. You and I are accountable to God first. And the sacrifice of Jesus uh, was promised. It didn't happen in Adam's day, but it happened in Adam's day. And now we're reading about all of this being restored now, this thousand-year reign of Christ. We read about where Satan is going to be bound for a thousand years. He's in prison before this new kingdom on earth begins to start. He won't be released from a thousand years. He is completely away from mankind, and he will not be able to tempt anybody for a thousand years. And the faithful are going to reign with Jesus for a thousand years. Let me read this verse. This gives us a description of what we're going to see that takes place on earth. Ready? Isaiah chapter 11, six through nine. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. The young ones shall lie down together. Think about that. Their young ones will lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child, the little baby, the one that crawls around, he'll play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. Think of that description. In fact, I, I watched, I was watching the other night a documentary on Yellowstone and a, a little baby bison got separated, spent its whole night uh, cold and alone and got up. And uh, all of a sudden, a wolf came on to take advantage of it. But the herd showed back up and saved him. But in this day, the wolf will lay down with the lamb, the leopard, the young goat, the calf. They're all going to hang out together. Their kids are going to hang out together. The cow and the bear are going to graze next to one another. 
A lion's going to eat straw just like an ox. The little child is going to play around where the cobras come in and out. And the little child is going to stick his hand in the viper's den. There's going to be nothing. In fact, I remember thinking this years and years ago when you read Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. Is, is you think about all of the animals, especially the predatory animals in Genesis 1 and 2. And I wonder if that example of the lion eating straw was exactly what, I get that picture, exactly what took place in the Garden of Eden. Lions, hyenas, predatory animals, sharks. Think about it. Everything that eats meat must eat straw or seaweed or some vegetation. But in a moment... When it all changed, even the animals must have changed. It's interesting, we'll read, we'll look at it next week uh, when the devil is loosed, that there are those that are on earth that didn't die. There are believers that were not killed at the second coming of Christ, and there probably were unbelievers that didn't take the mark of the beast and somehow were able to survive when Jesus came back because we read about children being there in the millennium. You know, it's interesting The animal kingdom will be changed. Uh, the people around animals will be changed and anybody can be anywhere at the second reign of Christ. This natural world will return to the state before it knew the fall of men. It will return back to Genesis chapter one, chapter two. In fact, we read this in uh, Revelation chapter eight, verse 22. For we know the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. I think of that every time I, I hear of a new, you know, you read about an earthquake or you read about something that the earth is groaning one translation says, for its redemption, for its redemption. It wasn't created to do what we're watching it do. It was created to be just like we read in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. Think about this in the days of the millennium. You know, we travel around these days to go see places and experience things but think about in this new millennium of meeting all of the people, in fact, all of, I was thinking, all of the Bible characters that we read about, you know, you think of, you'll get to meet Jonah, and Jonah uh, will get to sit and show you wherever he went, Nineveh. I mean, you can have a conversation with him that day. Maybe you'll walk with David, and David will show you where he picked up the five smooth stones, and he used one for Goliath. Uh, maybe uh, you'll want to sit and have coffee with Noah to figure out how to take care of a lot of animals. Maybe what you'll want to do is you'll want to meet Miriam's uh, Miriam Moses's mom to have a little boat race with your you know with these kids that supposedly are on there. Uh, maybe you'll want to meet Esther and get makeup and perfume tips, lady. Maybe you'll want to guys you'll want to dress to impress like John the Baptist. Maybe you'll want to fish with Peter. Maybe uh, Jonah will show you a little bit about, uh, you know, dolphin and whale expeditions. And, you know, the new rave with people these days is to go to these escape rooms. And so 
Maybe you can go and get with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and you can get out of the fiery furnace. You know, th those are type of things you think of in these thousand you know, years. And yet we read in, in Isaiah again prophesies in verse 65, 17 through 19, for behold, I create a new heaven and new earth. And the former shall not, notice what it says, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem as rejoicing and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. The former shall not be remembered anymore. What a time, a thousand year reign of Christ. You know, Jesus spoke about this in Matthew chapter 25, 31 through 33, and he said, when the Son of Man comes in all of his glory and all the holy angels with him, and then he will sit on the throne of his glory and all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from his goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. When the Son of Man comes in all of his glory, to set up that thousand years. Will, he will rule, he will reign with his saints who he calls priests of God and of Christ. They'll rule and lead. And think about that. He'll delegate leadership responsibility to the saints. This whole earth will be restored before we read about later a new heaven and a new earth. And he will bring that peace, that kingdom, that government that's upon his shoulders, then he will, he will lead. That is promised. Yet Jesus said something earlier. Uh, he said something earlier in Mark chapter 8, verse 36. So think about living in our days. And he said these words. So what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world? but he loses his soul. Right now, what if somebody profits the whole world and loses his own soul? You know, we read every day, you can, you can look up and you read about a sports figure and they get this new contract and it's multi-millions of dollars. And you hear people say, that's all they got. And you think, you know, we throw these terms out uh, we think about people that we read about, the, the billionaires that have gone up, that will probably at some time before Jesus returns, there's a possibility that, that we'll witness somebody becoming a trillionaire. And uh, whether they have their own private jets and multiple mansions all over the world and they outbuild each other with their luxury yachts and they, they can go out at any moment and get anything that they want in the entire world. And Jesus reminds us that you can gain everything that this world has, yet you can lose your soul. And it's not worth it at all. Because the ones that come to rule and reign with Christ are the Christians, are the believers in him. The ones that did not accept him, the Bible says very specifically that they are in hell. They're actually going to be judged 
at the end of the thousand years. And you can gave it, gain it all, but you'll lose everything. You know, we live in days where, where uh, people try to one-up one another or, or we feel bad because we don't have what somebody else has or uh, we're not able to do something what somebody else does. And that is the wrong equation for us to measure our life. True life and richness is only found in serving Jesus Christ and being under his authority and under his mission. In fact, we read about if you seek first his kingdom, he'll add all those things unto you. He'll give you those things, but he'll give it to you that won't have those strings attached. It won't control you. Don't gain it all and lose your soul. Because to the Lord, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. You know, I encourage though, as you read these scriptures and you read them over and over again, you are getting a vision of what God is going to do in the future. It's promised. It will come to pass. It can happen in the moment in a twinkling of an eye. You know, and, and we read about, uh, which what I look at and believe is that the next thing that takes place, the next major event that we see is the rapture of the church, the calling up, the being caught up of the church into heaven. In fact, our bodies are changed, the Bible said. Those that have already gone before us in heaven, they return and come back in the air, will forever be with Jesus. We receive a new body. We go through the judgment seat of Christ. We begin the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then we come back to earth with Jesus to rule and reign with him. But yet on earth, Things all change. They enter a time of tribulation, the Antichrist, the mark of the beast, Christians, that ex people that accept Jesus at that time, Christians beheaded, martyred, uh, a gathering together of whatever's left in the world of the army to wipe Israel out. Jesus comes for his second coming. He sets up a thousand year reign. Satan is bound. The Bible says the Antichrist, and the false prophet are cast into the lake of fire. The only two humans that are thrown into the lake of fire before Satan himself. At the end of the thousand years, Satan is released for a time. But as we read, fire comes down from heaven, destroys him. And even those that rebel and want to join him for a last time. There's the great white throne of judgment. Jesus, as we read, separates the sheep from the, the goats. And we read all of those things that the ones that followed him and their names are written in the Lamb's book of life are with him forever. Those whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life are cast out into the lake of fire. And remember this, hell and the lake of fire were never created for God's creation and human beings. It was created for the devil and his angels. But for not choosing God's son, Jesus, as your Lord and Savior, a free gift, all that he sacrificed, that's where we know that person's name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. But you can know today that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. In fact, we read in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. 
And we know the moment that you confess Jesus as Lord in that book of life, your name has been recorded. It's like, uh, you know, it's like an open table reservation that automatically your name and reservation go in that book. The Bible says that in heaven it was announced and there's all joy that somebody accepted Jesus as their savior. And now you walk this life not alone, but him living and residing in you. He's given you his word to follow and giving you description. And that is the next step, the most important step that you can ever make. In fact, if you want to pray that prayer with me today, pray this with me. It's on the screen. If you're listening, though, just by audio, repeat these words after me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I confess and I accept Jesus as my Lord and the Savior of my life. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today I begin my new relationship with you in Jesus' name, amen. In fact, if you've prayed that uh, for the very first time, you know, I think what excites us more is when we get messages of people that say, hey, I, I prayed that prayer. We would love for you to reach out. We would want to connect with you. We want to make sure that you have some of the resources, a Bible, something to follow along, uh, because these next days are so important in your walk with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The best decision you made. Your soul is not lost. You will Rule and reign with him on this earth again. That's a promise from Jesus. Well, as I mentioned at the beginning, I want to pray all of you that have children, youth, college age. Maybe you've got grandchildren. Maybe it's the neighbor's kid going back to school. Maybe you've got friends in places and you know their kids are going back to school. I want to stop right now. I want to pray for them. And I know some schools have started already. But I want to stop and pray for them. You know, every state, every region of our nation, it's different right now with what's taking place in schools. Um, we're watching really, in fact, if, if you noticed at all, it, in the last almost uh, year and a half, 16 months, it's the kids that did not get the opportunity for school and being around friends. You know, parents and grandparents and people that work, many got to work from home. Uh, many are continuing to work from home, but it was the kids that were most impacted. And I can't tell you the stories, the heartbreaking stories we heard of kids. Certain kids excelled, uh, you know, having to be at home and, and being online. Certain struggled, you know, many depressed, upset. But we're going to come today in the power and the authority of God over all of their lives, over whatever challenges they might face, that the Lord is with them and protects them at every school, at every bus stop, at every sporting event, and that they have the mind of Christ. So Father, I pray over all of these kids, these young people, Lord, these college age, those that would be grandkids, neighbors, uh, people that we would know in other states, their kids are going back to school. We thank you right now that the blood of Jesus protects them. We thank you that Psalm 91 says that you have given charge with your angels concerning our protection. 
fact, it says that a thousand would fall at our right side and 10,000 or a thousand would fall at our side, 10,000 our right hand, and it would not come near us. We wouldn't worry uh, about things that happen in the daytime or the arrow at night. Your angels protect us. We won't dash our foot against a stone. We have the mind of Christ. These kids have the mind of Christ. They're alert. They're being taught and they're walking in the authority that Jesus has given them. And Father, I, I can't lay my hands on them, but I lay my hands as I pray even right now that you bless them, that this year they jump leaps and bounds and that you are the God of promotion. You set them up, set them up, give them the desires of their heart, make their crooked places straight. Let them have tender hearts for you, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Well, I want to read these two verses for our uh, tithes and offerings today. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. There is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich. And he who waters will also be watered himself. Interesting. There's the, the idea of this, the seed, right? The proverb, Solomon, the farmer, the description that's very common to them. One who scatters, throw, throws it out, but increases more. But one that holds it back, they want to hold on to it, but it leads to poverty. But the generous soul will be made rich. And he who waters will be watered himself. That's God's kingdom. God's kingdom operates by that. Give and it shall be given unto you. Give and, and I love the analogy that is talked about with the Jewish rabbis that when they would read about giving of the firstborn in the Old Testament of their flock, that giving the firstborn was they would never not know if they would there would ever be a secondborn and you give the first one away, but in giving the first, you trust that the second is going to become because God is the one that blesses. So in our giving today, as we give, let's read uh, this together or repeat this after me in our giving and allow it to be something that is in your heart to your father today. As I give in today's offering, all that you put into my hands is to be used wisely and invested into your kingdom. I know that no matter how much I pass on, there will always be more coming to me and through me in Jesus' name. Amen. You can go on our website today, hillschurcharcadia.org, and you can give online. You can click on the Give button. It's in the top right hand of the screen. It's safe. It's fast. It's secure. You can also write to us or give by mail. The Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. And we thank you ahead of time for your faithfulness under the Lord and then under the ministry of the Hills Church in Arcadia. Well, as we do each and every week, we wrap it up with this verse, Psalm 121, 1 and 2. It says, I look up to the hills, but where... Does my help come from? Where does your help come from today, tomorrow, this next week? 
Your help, my help, comes from the Lord who made heaven and the earth. Well, the Lord bless you. Uh, pass on these notes to somebody. Read these scriptures, so important. The Lord bless you. Have a great day. Have a great week. We'll talk and see with you soon. Bye-bye.